Welcome into a draft day episode of the Back and Forth podcast. NBA draft is here. I'm your host, Stat Matt, AK Matt Raftery, joined alongside as always by my co-host Joey G. And the day that we've all been waiting for, at least in the NBA sphere, is here. Draft day. Um, as usual, there's some highly touted picks that we're waiting on, uh, but we'll get into that. In just a little bit, we also have a trade that went down in the NBA. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers picking up Jeremiah Grant for a 2025 protected first-round pick um, that's being sent to the Detroit Pistons. And it's not even the Portland Trailblazers' first; it's the Milwaukee Bucks' first-round pick. So um, it's pretty highway robbery there by the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Grant is a Fantastic player. Uh, been averaging well over 20 points per game in his two seasons with the uh, Detroit Pistons. Uh, he's a great defender. Uh, he's a gold medalist on Team USA. Um, this is a solid pickup for uh, the Portland Trailblazers. I mean, in in, in recent years, is up, he's up. He's probably the third best player along with CJ and, and Dame. To, that's going to be wearing a Blazers jersey. So overall, I mean, he could be better than CJ to be quite honest with you. So um, overall, a really great pickup for the Blazers and. They are addressing um, the issues with their team from last season. I think that can kind of send a, a message today in that, like, hey, we're still trying to compete and get things done. They're now showing interest in OG uh, Anubi. Mm-hmm. I probably I butcher every name, so I definitely – it's 7 in the morning right now, so I definitely butchered his name probably. The OG um, guy. Yeah. From the Toronto Raptors, uh, that would be another solid pickup for them. Uh, you'd figure – you kind of figured when – Toronto went in the dire- uh, direction of drafting Scotty Barnes last season uh, that, you know, it was probably that trading OG was going to be a little bit more uh, reasonable for the Toronto Raptors and you're going to be able to poach him away from uh, from Toronto. And that kind of seems what the Portland Trailblazers are trying to accomplish. And going into tonight, they still have the seventh overall pick. Uh, so I think they're building a pretty good, solid young team around Damian Lillard right now. Is it a finals team? No. Is it a team that's going to get back into the playoffs? Yeah, this is a team that I think can, can easily get back into the playoffs, especially if they get OG and they hit the right pick tonight. Um, you know, you already have Woj tipping picks early, um, which we'll get into a little bit early. And something I can't fucking stand about the draft is how they how Woj and ruin free or do that with free agency. Don't do that with a draft. That ruins the whole goddamn purpose of watching the draft. If I'm, uh, if I'm sitting there seeing tweets from Woj, at eight in the morning, or excuse me, seven in the morning right now, um, of who's going where. Why do I want to watch the top three picks now? Because I already know that. Again, we'll say I'm not. We're not. I'm not even going to ruin it for you guys. So that Chet's going to you know Philadelphia, which obviously doesn't happen. But I'm just kind of um, giving an example here. You know, it, it ruins it. It takes the fun out of it. Um, but back to the Blazers. I'm starting to derail there as I usually do. Uh, <laughs> Um, a really solid pickup. Uh, and you look at Detroit, I mean, not really sure what they're thinking here. Um, you'd think they could have gotten more for him. I get they're trying to clear up cap space, but, again, you're getting a, a Bucks pick in 2025. Like, that's going to be, what, the, the 30th overall pick in the draft? Like, the Bucks are still going to be title contenders, I think, in 2025. Giannis will still be under contract, I believe, in 2025. Like, I don't think they're going to be a, a terrible team by any means. And you could go – and say, well, they're trying to clear up cap space. Okay, what big free agent is trying to go to the Detroit Pistons this offseason? None. Exactly. Even if they were somewhat decent, like what free agent do you think is going to go? Like That's like the Cavs having cap space, and they're like, 
without LeBron, they were like, we're going to really hit free agency this year. Like, who's going to come to Cleveland? What what, what big-time free agents can be like, you know what, I'm, I think I want to go to Cleveland. Like, that's not coming out of anyone's mouth. No one's going to go to Detroit. You may be able to pick up a, solid role, a few solid role players, but if you look at that and you're like, okay, well, these guys are giving me the same production as Grant. So um, he was a solid piece for Cade Cunningham, I think. So I'm not I'm not really sure the, the thought process behind that trade. Um, I think it was a pretty bad trade. Uh, I get not wanting to keep him around anymore because he's kind of taking up money and you may want to save a little money. Um, but you could have got more and let's not pretend like the, – the way they did the trade was more as – we're going to hit free agency hard, not kind of like we want to save money. It was we're clearing up cap space. And what the hell are you clearing up cap space for? Because looking at the free agency list, I mean, I, the only people I really see going to Detroit is when we start getting into that, that vet minimum territory. So um, we'll, 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 we'll see what direction they go in. But a big win for the Blazers. And I won't say a terrible loss for the Pistons because they got the uh, a top pick going in tonight, I believe, and you have great young players, so they're not like they're doomed because of this trade, um, but you could have gotten more from them. Yeah, I think when you look at the you look at the Blazers, it, they're in a weird spot right now because yes, you don't have C.J. McCollum. He's now in New Orleans. Uh, you, you do add Jeremiah Grant, who is a decent player, but I, I think if you're also, if you're Damian Lillard, you you have to start wondering how much time you need to give Portland to kind of get back to a relevancy point in the Western Conference because as we've discussed many times, the Western Conference has gotten really strong over the past couple of years. I mean, now you have the emergence of Memphis. Uh, Golden State seems to be back to their normal ways. You have Dallas who, I mean, like we say all the time with Dallas, give them one more superstar with Luka, and that is a very highly contending team in the Western Conference. You have the Clippers that are going to be getting a lot of their uh, key guys back from injury. Um, even as much as we hate on them, the Lakers are still going to have LeBron and AD, at least at the moment. Um, you know, when those guys are both healthy and playing at their peak, you know, they're obviously a, a very interesting team to watch. So, I mean, you, you have a Western Conference that is a good five to six teams deep as far as teams that are very competitive um, and teams that are, you know, pretty much for sure playoff uh, contenders year in and year out. I just start wondering if if Dame starts running into kind of the kind of where Donovan Mitchell is at right now with Utah, where you know they're on a decent team, you know the roster is somewhat okay, but you kind of know where this team goes every single year. Like with Utah, you can kind of pencil them in for the second round of the Western Conference, and then that's about it. Uh, I don't even think they'll get that far this year. I don't even know if they'll, Utah will make the playoffs going into next season. To be honest with you, they might, I, I, and that might be another reason. I mean, not to get too far off topic, but that might be a reason that Donovan Mitchell says, "Look, I want out because you know I, I realize I'm at the prime of my career, and this front office and the roster are just not make, making enough progress moving forward." And quite frankly, Dame might be saying the same thing. You know, Dame is, you know, for what it's worth, he's stuck it out in Portland for quite a while, like a lot longer than I think a lot of these guys. Uh, would I? I think by now there there is a lot of guys in the league that were if they were in Damian Lillard's spot they would have requested a trade a long time ago. Like the second C.J. McCollum walked out the door or they, he got traded, I'm surprised Damian Lillard wasn't on the phone with his agent saying, "Yeah, get me out of here." Like I'm not carrying this team around, you know, basically by myself. Um, also, though, to your, what you just said, the impatience of a lot of these young players is kind of nuts. Yeah, you look at Zion already. I mean. Going in a lot, looking in the last season with Zion, the rumors that he wanted out of New Orleans, and 
Mitchell, like a lot of these guys have had more success than they honestly could imagine. Like you're still making the playoffs. Like like LeBron and Michael Jordan did not win their first championships till 28. Um, a lot of guys didn't win their first championships till the early 30s. Like it's not it's not an easy thing to accomplish. I think, like I said before, LeBron fooled a lot of people when he made nine straight finals to where it's like. Oh, you get the right pieces. We could easily do that. Mm-hmm. Like it is not easy to go back to the finals nine straight times. It is not easy to even get to the finals or conference finals uh, in, in in general. Um, so, um, to, to talking about Donovan Mitchell real quick, and 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 a lot of other young guys that are becoming frustrated. Like this is your third year in the NBA, and you're throwing a tantrum about a second round playoff run. Like you have a lot. Like you get, you still need to finish up your you know rookie contract. Like uh, so, a, a lot of these young players are, are are becoming increasingly impatient, and if they're not title contenders by year two, it seems like they they want to they want to trade. Yeah, and I and I I'm one that to say that I don't necessarily blame Damian Lillard if he does want out of Portland. Like I think he's every bit justified. Um, he's stu- like I said, he's stuck it out with Portland for quite a while. I mean, through you know a lot of the Terry Stotts days where you kind of knew where those teams were going. Um, they weren't going to be massive title contenders. They were going to be an okay contender in the conference, but nothing really to move the needle one way or the other. And, I mean, Dame performed. You know, he he's given that franchise a lot. And, you know, I, I, I think if it's if, if I'm Damian Lillard personally, I, I, I probably do want out. Like, I, I, no disrespect to Jeremiah Grant, but at the end of the day, I think Dame has to realize he's in the prime of his career he can go to a place and produce at a high level, and at the same time, he can go to a place where you know he he knows he's going to be on a championship contending team, where he knows every night he drives to the arena, he doesn't have to carry the team, and he doesn't have to put forty five on the board to even give his team a remote chance to win. Um, you know, I think that's kind of, albeit he was very loyal to this organization, but you know we saw we kind of saw it with Russell Westbrook, like when Kevin Durant left, like Russ was like, okay. I'm going to have to score about 35 tonight just to see if my team can even be in the ballpark to win. Um, You know, and I I think Dame has started kind of running into that a little bit with Portland, especially without C.J. McCollum now. Um, I don't know if Dame gets moved right away. He might let this ride out until the trade deadline and see where the team's at. Um, But I can't imagine Damian Lillard making it to another offseason with the Portland Trailblazers. Like, I, I... Something tells me he's going to be on the move somewhere, and he's just going to get fed up with it at a certain point, especially if the team struggles right away. Yeah, he he's going to be like, okay, enough's enough. Yeah, I think he's going to stick it out this year with them, um, and also like he's got a he's got a tough contract on him to trade. Um, so that's why I say when you know when the Lakers are trying to get all these guys, I feel like Damian Lillard is the most realistic option for them because of his contract, and they probably could just and and it, they'll, they'll trade him where he wants to go to. Uh, but yeah, I think he sticks out this year for him. I feel like they're making a lot of these moves for him and to try to give him a solid team going into next year. Um, but yeah, I, I, I credit his loyalty, but, um, you know, it seems like in today's NBA, uh, loyalty doesn't win you. I mean, I, I guess that contradicts itself because the Warriors have been, if, if, you're, if you're not on the Warriors, loyalty really doesn't do, you know, jack shit for you in the NBA. It seems like, it seems like you got to go. And move on somewhere else and, and, and build a team elsewhere. Well, I think that's where the whole loyalty conversation started is when Kevin Durant left OKC for the Warriors. They were yeah. like, oh, look at look at that. You know, Katie's a sellout. Katie's this, Katie's that. 
I think KD heard a lot of the same mumblings that everybody was giving LeBron in Cleveland. Well, when are you going to win a ring? Like, you know, you, yeah, you're the scoring leader. Yeah, you've done this, that, you know, great, prolific score, but you don't have a ring. And, you know, LeBron was finally like, okay, fine. Like, I'm going to go to a team then where I can get a ring. And Kevin Durant, you know, a few years later did the same thing. And, you know, that's kind of where the atmosphere of the NBA is. Like, so much now, like, p- players are criticized for both their on-the-court performance, but also how many championships they have. Like, it's the biggest reason people all, you know, a lot of people give AI crap is because, well, yeah, AI was a great player, but he didn't have a ring. Like, you know, I, I think it's a little bit unjustified, like, because Joey said, he brought up a good point. Like, it is very difficult to win an NBA championship. People want to make the comparison and, you know, critique different guys thinking that, like, oh, winning an NBA championship's nothing. Like, it is very difficult. Um, and especially if you're not on a, a fully loaded team like the Warriors were back with Kevin Durant and at one point in time had five all-stars in their starting lineup. Um, if you're not on a team like that, it's even more difficult. So, yeah, I, I, I think ever more now, I, I think guys are going to teams to try and win championships because they know that at the end of their career, that's a big proponent, proponent of what they're going to be critiqued on is, yes, you had all these accolades as far as stats, rebounds, assists, all that, but you, how many championships did you also win at the same time? Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of you know people don't give Kevin Durant enough credit for his championships, too. Like, he won two finals MVP. But... It, it wasn't like Kevin Durant was the slouch of Golden yeah. State. Like, he led them to those championships. He yeah. was putting out amazing performances in the finals. Like, uh, thir- over, you know, what, he was averaging like 35, I think, in both final wins. But near 30, for sure. Yeah. Um, but nothing less. Like, he got a finals MVP for a reason. It wasn't like... And he was like, let's cheat Stephen Curry. Like, he, he got it for a reason, so. I think Steph just got his first one this yeah, past year, right? Just got it. Um, but, I mean, that's the current state of the NBA right now, so uh, we'll see. I think I think Dame sticks out another year with them, and um, like they'll have a, if they get OG, they'll have a solid team going into next year, so we'll see exactly where they finish if they stay healthy. But um, on to the draft tonight. I, I, I like the point you brought up, by the way, with Woj, uh, with the draft. Hey, he ruins it. Yeah. It sucks. Like, and I don't want to watch, like, I don't think any NFL, like, people know or they have an idea of who's going to go top three, but, like, I don't think Schefter's, like, tip picks before. No, I mean. Like, he'll it, maybe it, say, like, if it's pretty obvious, I think he'll do it. Like, like when Woj is, like, Zion's going to the Pelicans, like, everyone's like, okay, yeah, well, we know that. So, I mean, go ahead and have your, but, but like, this, like, this year I was actually excited because. There was some uncertainty who was going yeah, number one. Like. Those top three guys, all three of them could honestly go number one, and you see that BS with with that, and it just it kind of ruins it. Like it takes, it, I don't know how even ESPN allows it because the draft is on their network. Right, you should want the viewership. That, yeah, that turns people away from the draft. So, my personal opinion, like imagine like people tipping Anthony Bennett was going to Cleveland. Like that was a huge surprise in the draft in 2013. Right. So like. You know, the, the reaction won't be – the reactions aren't the same anymore because, like, we know who's going where in those top three picks because of fucking Woj has to get his his uh, his little pat on the back from, I don't know, ESPN or whatever for, for getting his sources right. Yeah. Just wait till free agency, man. Like, come on. Well, and um, it's also, I mean, a big reason both in the NFL and the NBA that, like um, – and Woj isn't going to like this argument. It's a big reason that – you know, well, he'll you, like it if you say it's sports gambling's fault. No, well, kind of similar. It's not necessarily their fault. 
it's a reason they don't want to book the draft. Like, it's a reason they don't want to put up numbers for the draft and have people bet on it because, the, to put it in perspective, the sportsbooks like putting up numbers where they feel like they have an advantage. They feel like they don't have an advantage when it comes to the NBA or the NFL draft because of all the insider information that gets tossed around. Perfect example would be today. You know, people wake up, they see Woj's tweet, they're like, oh, okay, I know who's going number one. I'm going to go put X amount of dollars on this guy to go number one because, you know, it's basically been confirmed by Woj that this is the order that it's going to happen. And, you know, that there's a big reason that, like, you know, you can't really find, you know, NBA draft odds in Las Vegas or NFL draft odds in Las Vegas. And if you do find them, they're probably up for about 10 minutes and then they get yanked back down because of all of the insider information before it happens. You know, all the Adam Scheffners, you know, saying, oh, this guy's going to go here or Woj saying this guy's going to go here. It's a big reason why, you know, it's kind of similar to where, like, like Joey was saying, where it kind of ruins the draft. It, it kind of does because people already kind of know what's going to happen, what, eight hours before the draft's supposed to st- set happen. And I've always said this about the NBA draft. Outside of the top probably three to five picks, the draft is pretty boring. Like Top ten, I'd say. I mean, uh, there's it just depends on how deep the talent is that year. Um Yeah. And, and and how many players you know. So like it kinda of just depends on that from the fans' perspective, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, like like we said, this year was a year where we know who the top three is gonna be as far as players are concerned. We weren't necessarily sure what the order was gonna look like though, because any one of those guys could have made a valid case for the top pick. Any one of those guys you can make an argument any different way about this guy should be one, this guy should be two, this guy should be three, et cetera, et cetera. But we don't have that now because, like we said, you know, as of this morning, Woj, I believe, said that, um, you know, again, we were not going to spoil it, but, you know, this guy was, you know, pretty much confirmed to go number one to Orlando. And then Blink is going to follow suit at two. Yeah. Yeah, at three. So, yeah, if you really want to know, hop on Twitter. You can find Woj's account. Yeah. He's got it blasted all over. So, yeah. Um, he's he's going to buy billboards all over every city. Exactly. Like, he's, gonna... <laughs> he's going one. <laughs> exactly. Make sure uh, you guys don't watch the draft tonight. Don't watch it. Uh, when it came to the draft, though, I was still under the impression that it does involve a top team that I'm really surprised Oklahoma City hasn't been shopping their number two pick. Like, it I, looks, Well, it looks at, after that, it looks like they're going to keep it tonight. So well, That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm, if I'm... If I was Sam Presti, I, I would have been on the phone months ago shopping that number, or at least until I knew, not maybe not months ago, but when the draft lottery announcement came out as far as, okay, we know we're picking number two, at that point, I'm shopping that pick around, knowing that, like, we, like we've mentioned before on the show, that team is one decent superstar away, like a, a Donovan Mitchell-type caliber or... Um, Maybe not necessarily Damian Lillard because I don't think he necessarily would fit with with Shea already being there. No, you're not gonna. I wouldn't trade my number two pick for Damian either. But maybe like a Donovan Mitchell, possibly a Bradley Beal ish. Maybe um, somebody like that where you can give Shea another star to go to, um, and not have to sacrifice a whole lot of your core to do it because the number two pick is a very valuable pick in the NBA draft and. Oklahoma City can put together a very, very interesting trade package that involves a number two pick, maybe involves another number, you know, another first round pick, and maybe a high draft pick in future years, and they can get a good return for that. Where yeah. they're able to hang on to Shea, 
They're able to get a, another good superstar. They're able to hang on to Giddy. They're able to hang on to Dort um, and really have a good, solid young core to move forward that's going to be contending. Like, if they were to get, just for example, a Donovan Mitchell-type player in Oklahoma City, and let's say they have to give up the number two pick and maybe because they have two first round picks today right um oklahoma city yeah yeah they have two and 12 so let's say you give up two 12 tw- i think they have to move like i don't think they need i would say so I think they got to move 12 let's say they give up let's say they're they're going for donovan mitchell they give up two they give up 12 and then they give up maybe a 2026 first rounder something like something further on down the road yeah they might have to give a little more than that well I, i'm saying yeah. from a picks perspective and then you find maybe a role player that you could live without on the on the roster and say, okay, Utah, we're giving you two lottery picks that you, you can use right away, and we're also going to give you a future first-round pick, you know, whether it's a, a protected, unprotected, whatever the case may be. We'll give you a, a future first-rounder, and we'll give you, um, I don't know, find somebody on the roster that's not really in that core that is decent but you don't necessarily need. Right. And we know everybody in the league knows Donovan Mitchell wants out. You know, he, you let this drag on too long, he's going to end up holding you hostage. This is a very fair uh, package that we're sending to you in exchange for Donovan Mitchell. It might be the best offer you get for Donovan Mitchell because, like we said, the longer that this drags out, the less you're probably going to get. Yeah. Um, I think they probably may have missed their shot um, on him. I mean, not really, but I feel like kind of seeing put kind of. Just says that are really not interested, and in, that the Jazz will probably hold on to him. But going into tonight, who do you who do you think into the draft tonight? Uh, who is the best overall player in the NBA draft? Mm, best overall player in the in the NBA draft. I'd probably say Donovan J- Williams. Of course, uh, I'd probably say Jabari Smith. Um, he he really came on at Auburn. Later on in the year, um, he, I, I think he's a big reason why Auburn had a lot of success that they had the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not, I'll am i be honest, I'm not completely sold with on this year's draft class. I'm not really in love with one guy over the other. If I had to pick, though, and I had the number one pick, I'd probably lean Jabari Smith. Um, I'd, I could probably make a decent case for um, Paolo Smith. I think that's how you say his name. Dom will probably correct us a billion times, yeah. by the way, on how you say that guy. Uh, but Paolo from Duke, like, I, I can make a, another decent argument to take him number one. I've said it before. I'm not on the Chet Holmgren hype train. Like, I I probably wouldn't even take Chet Holmgren in the lottery if I had a lottery pick. Like, if, if he fell, like, I, I'd let him fall. Like, because I just am not sold on the fact that Chet Holmgren's supposed to be this highly touted NBA star that, you know, everybody's just sleeping on. Like... Chet Holmgren, I, I said it before a couple days ago, let Ch- Chet Holmgren be like 6'5". I guarantee we're not talking about Chet Holmgren being a lottery pick. The biggest reason or the biggest upside to Chet is the fact that he's seven feet tall, like his height. It's a, it's another reason, I mean, other than, you know, his last name's O'Neal, another reason that Sharif O'Neal's getting a lot of looks is because he's tall. Like, Sharif O'Neal and Chet Holmgren are not big physically. Like, they don't have a lot of muscle to them. So they get into the paint, unless they're, they're going to be this magical stretch big that, you know, shoots mainly mid-range and three-point shots. Like, they're not going to be very good NBA players for very long. Well, Sharif averaging two points and um, 
declaring for the draft is just is nuts. Like that's insane to me. I mean, I should have declared for the draft. I should have. I mean, he averaged just two more points than I did. Like I could have, <laughs> I could have declared for the draft. Honestly, like that makes no sense. Like a lot of these kids, to be honest, like we've had this discussion before. Real quick, I think my best player is either Johnny Davis or uh, Paulo as well. Um, Paulo standing at six foot eleven. I'm butchering his name, I'm sure, but standing at six eleven with that size. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of potential there defensively, and on the offensive on the offensive side of the ball, he can be like a Kevin Durant, but with a lot more muscle. Um, so I think he has to be the best player in the class, and the fact that he's not uh, uh, being more considered for the number one pick, uh, it seems to be between the other two, um, is, is, is kind of nuts. So I have the number one pick. That's who I'm taking. Um, but besides him, I, I really like Johnny Davis out of Wisconsin. I think Davis is going to be a really good player as well. So uh, I think those will be my two best players, at least in the top ten of the class. As far as sleepers go, there's a few guys out of Texas Tech I think that could be uh, really good players. Uh, the Gonzaga point guard, I think, has a lot of potential. So um, I don't think there will be as many sleepers as usual in this draft class. It seems like the real talent is within the top ten or lottery. Um, but, I mean, we've said that before, and uh, there's been some real second-round draft. Let's just, I, the next MVP is going to get drafted during a Taco Bell commercial, pretty much. Just like what happened with Nikola Jokic. Yeah, drafted during a Taco Bell commercial. So we'll see who gets drafted during a top Taco Bell commercial this year. And that pretty much solidifies their uh, uh, Hall of Fame career they'll have. Man, I thought you were going to say that uh, one of the best players in the draft was David Roddy. No. <laughs> is he even going to be the best player? Like... If I had 60 picks and I was only allowed to take David Roddy, I think I would just... Uh... Trade them all away. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, okay, well... I don't think I'll draft this year. Uh, um, I'll just let the clock run out. But um, if I had the 60th pick and he was he was still there, I think I would just let the clock run out. Honestly. Now, uh, now here's the question: If if you're between, let's say it's Bryce and David Roddy, and you have maybe pick 59 or 60, one of the last picks of the draft, do you draft Bryce over Roddy? Jokes aside, I take Roddy over Bryce. Okay. Um. The main reason, Roddy seems more like an NBA. As much crap as we give him, he's more NBA ready. He is physically big, so I mean that is an upside to him. Yeah, he can also defend. He's a he's kind of that perfect stretch big that guys like, or excuse me, that a lot of uh, uh, teams like. Um, he provides good spacing on the court. I don't think he's going to have much of a crazy career, but like if it comes down to those two, I'm probably the thing with Bryce, and we've said a thousand times, and that's probably why he's not considered getting trapped as he's very one-dimensional um he's a good scorer that's about it he's not a good passer he's uh you know he doesn't make smart decisions with the ball i think he's not a great defender um he really doesn't make you any better um so i i think as fun as bryce hamilton was to watch this year and i'm not calling bryce a bad player um you know he's been a great player to watch over the years at unlv uh but very one-dimensional um he really can't do too much besides score the basketball and I think that's why despite him being a junior I think that's why him averaging or excuse me a senior um you know if you average 22 points a game like Buddy Heal got drafted as a senior he was a sixth overall pick um and there was a reason behind that um Bryce Hamilton you know he's averaged what 22 last or 19 or 20 points a game last season Mm. he's not even in contention for the second round like there's a reason behind that. So I'd probably, uh, as much as it kills me, I'd probably take David Roddy over him. Not mad at it. I think last 
dra- last mock draft I saw had David Roddy going somewhere in the second round. Yeah, he's going to be like a thirty to fortieth overall pick. He may he may not get drafted. It's happened before, but I think that's the neighborhood he'll be in um, going into going into tomorrow. Now or tonight, to, excuse me. I'm trying to think. David, I I think David Roddy's the only Mountain West player I've seen that's projected to get drafted. I Orlando could be Brown out or of uh, Fresno State. So what two Mountain West players? Because <laughs> the is the kid out of New Mexico getting drafted? No, no, no. He's coming. Is he coming back to New Mexico? I have no clue, but I know he's. If he's in the draft still, he's not getting drafted. But that brings me to a good point, um, which I was I was trying to get at, which was I think a lot of these players really need to reevaluate um, their 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 position on on whether they should stay in the draft or not. Like we've talked about it before, like Donovan Williams. Not not trying to be a, a dickhead here, but you know him posting on a story. Two days until the draft, one day, like, buddy, I got bad news for you. Your, your name's not getting called. Right. Um, you're, like, you're not getting – you'll get a free agent, you know, deal or he'll be on a, some, summer, a summer league I was going to say, deal, he'll be on somebody's summer league but, roster. But, yeah, you're not getting drafted. Um, and I don't, I don't think you honestly make an NBA roster going into next season. Uh, and same with Sharif O'Neal. Like, you take that O'Neal out of his name. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, crap on the dude. You know, I'm sure he's a nice guy and everything. And um, he hasn't done anything wrong besides, you know – Maybe declare for the draft a little bit too early, but that's not a, you know, a, a terrible, you know, human thing to do. But um, he, uh, you take that O'Neal out of his name, and like, do you really, do you really think he's getting consideration at all? We well, got to remember he's also coming off of a pretty significant um, heart condition. Yeah, but so, like, do you take the O'Neal out of his name? Does he, does he get drafted? No. I wouldn't draft him, and I give him credit. Like he, he went through a, a very tough procedure. Like I'm not again. I'm not trying to, th- you know, th- completely bash the kid because uh, that's not what I'm doing at all. But I'm just saying that I don't think you should have declared for the draft because again, you're coming off that procedure. You you know have a rough year at LSU. Why not just return to LSU or transfer? Like there would have been plenty of Division One schools that would have wanted Sharif O'Neal. Mm-hmm. Like you can't sit there and t- and for one, if his excuse is no one else wanted me, you think NBA is going to want you? If no other Division One, back- what again wasn't the case. But if, if for some reason, if that's the reason, like that's something else you also have to keep in the back of your mind. Uh, but plenty of schools would have wanted Sharif O'Neal. He could have gone to a a Pac-12 school. He could have gone to UCLA. I could promise you that, or a, or San Diego State, or um, uh, you know, one of those West Coast Pac-12 Mountain West schools. And he could have had a very salty. He could have had all it would have taken was to have a ten and seven season. That's all he had to do was ten and seven, and he would have gotten drafted. I could have promised you that. So, I just don't agree with his decision to declare for the draft. Like me personally, like, and this is just how I would. If I was in that in in, in that position where I'm borderline getting drafted and not getting drafted, or I'm pretty much not getting drafted, but I'll get a summer league deal, I would much rather return. Because I would me like I would want to hear my name get called for one. Mm-hmm. Like if there's a shot my, to hear get my name get, to hear my name get called the, the next season, I would much rather just okay. Well, I'll come back and you know work on whatever I need to work on, and I probably will hear my name get called, or um, it at least gives me a chance to reevaluate and and work on some maybe little uh, some flaws in my game and or, or whatever the case is. But like it's it's pretty obvious I'm not NBA ready right now. And I think that's the case with a lot of players. Like, 
Um, and I, I did the whole thing with Donovan Williams. Like, I think like a lot of agents also kind of bullshit their athletes, which is, which is kind of gross that, Oh, you know, I can get you this, this, and this, and this. Um, and you know, they get kicked to the curb because three months later after the draft, like the phone stops ringing yeah. or two years later, the phone stops ringing. Uh, so, you know, I don't, Donovan Williams is, is a, it was a great player here at UNLV and seems like a great dude. You know, I don't want to see that have happened to him and same with Sharif O'Neal. Like, I don't think that Sharif O'Neal is not going to be like unheard of for the rest of his life. He doesn't get drafted. No. Um, you know, he, he's going to be fairly, he's going to be fairly fine. And it's not because of his dad, but like he can get other things going for himself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's a very capable and talented person. Um, but like if you're, if your goal is the NBA, man, I would have, I would have returned to school or, played professionally overseas or something else because he's not he's not ready right now he is not ready and he'll get a summer league deal but even in the summer league like we were talking about it yesterday you can play basketball if you are in the nba summer league like people just assume oh it's a summer league it's a bunch of scrubs no like these are still nba level this is still nba level talent this is still 100 times more competitive than, than college basketball so um, even if he gets a summer league deal, like it's gonna be, it's not gonna be a, a walk of the park, you know, for him. It's it's still gonna be tough. So um, we'll we'll see what happens with him. I would imagine that the Lakers. It seems like it makes the most sense. The Lakers give him a free agent deal, and he plays um, with the Lakers summer league team. That just seems like the most, but you know, realistic thing to happen for him. And it just makes sense for the Lakers to not not saying it in a bad way, but that just makes sense for the Lakers to take. You know the son of Shaquille O'Neal, who's one of the one of the greatest Lakers of all time. Yeah, and I think in today's day, like if this was 2010 or before, I would say um, I could make I could see the reasoning not to come back to school. Like I could I could understand that because you know basically going back to school means yes, your education continues to be paid for via scholarship. But that's really where it stops at. In today's age now, you come back to school and you're a highly talented player, maybe at your school, um, like Donovan Williams kind of was with UNLV, uh, very, very respected around the community um, and very respected, I think, even within the conference. Um, he w- he had a good enough brand to where he could have gotten a decent NIL deal this upcoming season with UNLV, continued to got to play, you know, of course, still getting a scholarship getting paid to play basketball via the NIL. Um, there's more incentive now to come back to school than there was 10 to 15 years ago. Right. Um, you know, guys are able to come back to school and now make money off of their name, image, and likeness. You know, that that used to be not the case. Um, I think it's, it's a big reason why maybe this year, and I'd have to probably pull up the stats from, you know, this year compared to, you know, years prior, it feels like this year has been one of the bigger years for guys coming back to school, like initially declaring for the draft, but then pulling their name out and coming back to school or just not declaring for the draft. Because I think they understand that, like kind of like what you were saying, if your borderline may get drafted, may not, um, might be on the summer league roster type of deal, then yeah, it probably makes more sense to come back to school, continue to get a free education, continue to get paid through the NIL because a lot of the companies are now stepping up their NIL involvement, um, seeing that it's become basically legal throughout the entire NCAA. Co- companies are now starting to shell out more dollars for that. Um, so, yeah, I think now it makes a lot of sense for, for guys to come back, um, 
you know, we, we saw the big, um, the first real big company to kind of, you know, up their involvement with the NIL, at least locally, was Finley Toyota, if we remember with the uh, UNLV uh, Run Rebels. That was one of, one of their big... Yeah, every basketball player was trying to sell me a goddamn car every week. Marvin Coleman was out there, you know, stunting with the uh, the whatever new Toyota model that they had out there. Uh, but that's just a, a, an example, like, you know, that's kind of one of the perks of coming back to school or staying in school is that you now have that option to be, you know, paid while you're still, you know, playing basketball for free uh, on on a scholarship. So definitely some some options uh, more so now in today's college basketball and college sports as a whole than there was five, 10, maybe even 15 years ago. But as we always like to say, we'll have to wait and see. Thank you, Oach, for crashing the draft. Much appreciated, buddy. Um, you know, just keep, keep doing Can't you. Can't wait until next year. Yeah. Hopefully it's, you know, another, uh, um, you know, speculation of where, where, you, say, where maybe, maybe going. next year he'll give us the full draft board. <laughs> Like he just knows where everybody's going. Well, Woj knows you're getting divorced before you're even getting divorced. He's I like, think, I think Woj knows that. Yeah, he's like, the um, the Taylors are are getting divorced, and you know the guy's looking at his phone like, what? Like, no, what? Honey, what did, what did you say to Woj? So I think what, well, yeah, but again, like I said, like I think that really um, uh, ruins the draft for a lot of people. So hopefully, people complain about it every year, but he keeps doing it. So I, I don't imagine. Anything is going to change anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, we will have more episodes of the Back and Forth podcast coming out next week, starting on Monday. We appreciate you guys tuning in to the Back and Forth podcast today. Enjoy the NBA draft. Enjoy your weekend. I've been your host, at Matt. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Joey G. You can find the Back and Forth podcast on Twitter, at Back Forth Pod. Instagram is at Back Forth Podcast. And you can find the Back and Forth podcast wherever you get your audio podcast. Thanks for, thank you guys for tuning in to today, and we will talk to you guys next week. Thank you.